Welcome to Hearthstone Network, where we bring you true stories, great teachings, and inspirational testimonies that will captivate your spirit. Join us for a journey of resilience, wisdom, and triumph to encourage you through the power of storytelling. Between 2019 and today, the world hunger problem has increased a dramatic 20%. This is despite the fact that there is enough food to feed everyone on the planet. And I have to say, part of the problem could be that in America alone, 30% of our food is wasted. It's thrown out. I'm going to tell you something that you probably never heard before. There is an answer to solving world hunger. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. I said that there is an answer to world hunger, which is probably something you haven't heard very often. Well, I'm going to introduce you to the man who will explain to you exactly how we can solve this problem. Matt Mabanga, CEO of Foundations for Farming, housed in Zimbabwe, Africa. Well, welcome, Matt, and uh, I'm so excited you're here. Thank you. Happy I actually think Foundations for Farming is one of the most amazing organizations on the planet, and I, I say boldly, you guys are not only changing the shape, the face of Zimbabwe, you are changing Africa. Amazing. Thank you so much. It's been an incredible journey. Just to quite, like, quickly say that this was founded by Brian Aldrey 40 years ago. <clears throat> and so it's kind of his uh, legacy and, and the kind of the selflessness and the sacrifice of the vision that, that God gave to him 40 years ago that is now kind of finally being accepted and this movement, this wave at the right time. Is Which just, is now we're talking about... Farming. In farming. Because basically 40 years ago, he went to God and said, tell me how to grow food. That's right. And basically God gave him a, a plan for regenerative farming. Yes, And exactly. everybody thought he was a nutbag. That's right. Right? And now everybody's understanding that regenerative right. farming is needed to save our planet. That's right. And so kind of, and that's the, the beauty of it is that 40 years later, this thing that was birthed in the heart of, of Southern Africa, you know, really unknown kind of little innovation that he developed just to, to help survive and to make a profit despite droughts and all the things that he was facing 40 years ago, uh, that that same simple technology is now applicable, it's manageable, it's long-lasting, and it's having a dramatic effect. It's brought food security to Zimbabwe in 2021 and is now sweeping across Africa and across the world. So that number, you said 20%, uh, you know, the, the number of people that are, are now facing hunger on a daily basis has jumped 20% yeah. since 2019. That represents... 150 million people that now go to bed hungry every single day. So so total, we're talking nearly, it's nearly a billion people go to bed hungry overnight, right? Correct, and yeah. And my guess is that that's disproportionately children. Absolutely. Wow. Children always okay. bear the brunt. Well, Matt, tell us exactly what are you doing to solve the world hunger problem in your part of the world? So we felt like uh, asking how much food can I grow on a hectare of land is not a helpful question. You know, most most people, most companies uh, measure yield in tons per hectare. And let's say a hectare is? Uh, it's about two and a half acres. Okay. So that's not a really helpful question. So what a farmer wants to know is how much food is it going to take to feed my family? That's what the 80% of subsistence farmers in Zimbabwe, in Africa, who are growing just to live, just to, just to subsist, just to feed their families. The question that they want to know is, how much food do I need to, gr to grow to feed my family and make a profit? And so uh, the guys in Foundations for Farming, Daryl Edwards sort of led this research and, 
and did a lot of these trials about 10 years ago. And the answer to that question was a bucket, a 20-liter bucket. So about, uh, what is that, about 40 pounds uh, will feed a family of six, 40 pounds of, of shelled corn. So maize is our staple mm-hmm. diet. That will feed a family of six with a staple sudza, we call it, um, cornbread type thing uh, for, for a week, plus extra. So uh, we set about trying to p- create that amount of food every single week. What we found with our spacing, our optimal plant uh, d- density in a, in a field, that would be a 16-meter row. And so to fill a bucket, you would need 56 cobs of maize. And if you shell 56 cobs, they will overflow the bucket. Um, so to get 56 cobs, you need 56 plants. We put an, an average of two plants per planting station, two seeds in a hole. Mm-hmm. So it means 28 holes or 28 planting stations with 60 centimeters between each hole. It means a 16-meter row, which is about the width of a tennis court. And so that will create enough food for a family for one week. But there's 52 weeks in the year, so we need 52 of those 16-meter-wide rows. Mm-hmm. And that will give you a 39 meters by 16 meters, the, the dimensions of a tennis court, basically, or one sixteenth of a hectare. And that will provide enough food to feed a family of six for an entire year. The inputs, the seed, the fertilizer, whatever you're going to put in there, if you're going to go the synthetic route, will cost you about $50. That's less than a dollar a week to feed a family. So let's just give this to perspective for people that aren't farmers. Basically, before you started this program, the average farmer was doing what would be in America two football fields or five hectares. Is that like five hectares? It is exactly yeah. five hectares. Okay. Five, five acres. Five acres. I'm sorry, five acres. So what you were doing is you went in and taught people, instead of doing two football fields, you can do a tennis court yes. and produce more food. That's right. And and it's, it, it's against human nature. You know, human logic says – Bigger is better. And we've all grown up with that kind of logic and we believe, oh, you know, if we can't feed our family on the two football fields, then surely I need four football fields. Or, you know, that's kind of how the world has been going. And so the plots of land have been getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Which means and people can't take care of it. It gets exactly. out from under them. Yields have been going down steadily uh, until we reached a crisis point in Zimbabwe. Well, we've been in crisis for the last 20 years where we couldn't feed ourselves as a country. But in 2019, we reached a crisis point through El Nino, the last yeah. uh, drought cycle, um, and yields were less than a ton per hectare. So so just really a complete waste of time and effort and energy, and everyone was making a loss, just, just putting seed in the ground mm-hmm. and yielding less than a ton. So this, this simple innovation makes it small enough that you can put a liter of water on every single hole in, that, in the event of a drought. You can keep it completely mulched. You can keep it weed-free. In other words, you can perform at the highest possible standards and in farming, for the non-farmers, yields are directly proportional to yields. That means the higher the standards that you perform in your fields, the higher your yields are. So this is business. We, we teach farmers to approach farming and agriculture as a business, not merely as a means of survival, not merely as a subsistence, because then there's no dignity, there's no standards, and so the yields remain very low. And that's where we've been in Africa for the last 50 years, if I'm honest, uh, but with this new innovation, the small field, high yield, tennis court size, one uh, sixteenth of a hectare plot, you can do everything at a high standard. And that dignity and that joy becomes your work ethic. And you want to be in your field. And so you do things really well. And so the yields follow. The yield that I'm talking about, if it's, yeah. a, it's about a ton. So if you just add up, so remember I said we'll fill a bucket with one row. If you weigh that bucket, it's about 15, so it's 17 kgs. Um, which is about 
35 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this if there's 52 rows, you times that 17 right. kgs by 52, you get 883 kgs. Which is 10, 10 and a half? 10 and a half in, in pounds um, US. So that's that's a lot of food. That is more than people were harvesting previously from the two football fields. Mm-hmm. You can get more out of that tennis court than you yeah. can out of the two football fields. But you've spent a fraction of the yeah. amount of inputs and time and labor. and, and so, so basically your plan is only costing $50 a year where you're at, and uh, people are doing a lot less work. But I want to say that in 2021, the government of Zimbabwe came to you guys for help because the country was starving. And tell everybody what happened just in this one season. So through that one season, we, we partnered with our government and we trained throughout the country. We trained the government agricultural extension officers and cascaded that training down to over 2 million people uh, who implemented this simple system. Uh, there was no barriers to entry because everyone has a hoe, what we would call a budza, just a simple digging And, and your plan is you don't have to buy fertilizer. You teach people how to make your own, how to make your own compost, right. all of that. It's, it's, it's nature-based solution. So mm-hmm. you just copy the way that God farms in nature where yeah. there's no inversion of the soil, so no plow required. <clears throat> you just need to make little holes to, mm-hmm. to put your seeds in. You need seed-to-soil contact right. in a small hole and a place where you can put your compost. So we teach people how to make compost using the the natural organic um, ingredients that are mm-hmm. available in, in any environment. Um, sometimes that's a challenge. We, we get that. We do work in, in arid areas where mm-hmm. at that time of year, there's, there's little to be harvested in terms of green material or crop residues or even leaves, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but farming is a 12-month-of-the-year job. And so at some time of the year, those things are present, whether they are weeds okay. or whatever. So you need to harvest that at that time when they're present and store them, and then you can... You can, well, what happened yeah. after the training? So after the training with government, uh, basically everyone everyone did it. People implemented it. People were on time. They did things at a high standard. They didn't waste. They they followed all the principles. And Zimbabwe in 2021 became food secure for the first time in 20 years. As a result of that, uh, Foundations for Farming received an award from the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization and I had the privilege of standing before the General Assembly mm-hmm. of the United Nations FAO in Rome in June last year, receiving this award on behalf of the, the team, on behalf of the, our incredible team of faithful trainers. And they who, credited you all with feeding 9 million people. 9 million people. So the way we're talking about how we end hunger is the average yield before this was what, a half a ton per hectare? It was just under a ton. Okay. So it was less than a ton. And after this one year of training, it went to? In that first season, it went up to 4.9 tons per hectare, Yeah, uh, which, which fed the nation. But when you normally train people, when people come to you and you spend a week with them and you teach them about the whole heart of the program and everything, what's the yield go to? So we've had 39 communities that have come to us for two weeks. So mm-hmm. 30 people from that community, two weeks with us in residence, and then after that, when they return to their communities, we visit them uh, every single month for 12 consecutive months. The average, national average for those 39 communities is 8.1 tons per hectare. Wow. So it's a big difference. The 8.1 oh, between yeah. the 4.8. Look, at 4.8, we can feed the nation if everyone gets the 4.8. But the difference between 4.8 and 8.1, a lot of people don't understand, you know, why is there such a disparity between, because we trained these guys too. Well, we didn't really. We, they, it was kind of word of mouth the way it got to them because by that stage it was just, uh, it was radio, TV, it was, it was people teaching each other's. 
So the quality of training had been diminished. But mm-hmm. with that 8.1%, those were people directly involved with us and receiving that high level of training. I will say that I think the difference is that that this is this is not a farming problem. It's not an agricultural problem. It's not even a climate change problem. Really? It's a spiritual problem. It's a heart problem. And so we, we how, say that, Wait, how so? How is this a spiritual problem? Because this is about stewardship. It's about faithfulness with the first resource that God, to, God gave to man, the which earth. is the land. That's right. It's the soil that is so precious, but that we've taken advantage of. And so in our selfishness, we've been net extractors. And we, we've, not, we've stopped giving to the soil. People think that they're giving fertilizer to the soil or they're giving, you know, but we're not. You know, that, that's just trying to, to make an, an infertile or completely sterile medium. It's trying to make it yield more. And that's all that we're doing when we put fertilizer in there. But, but actually, God has created a, sust- a sustainable system that is a, a circular economy that when we mimic the way that God farms in nature and we tap into this incredible alive resource, this incredible um, system that God has in place, it is completely sustainable. It's, it's perpetual, and it gets better and better and better. But we've got to tap into that. Wow. When I was there, and uh, I came to Zimbabwe in February, and in March I was out visiting a village, and there were some young men just in their 20s who had been taught by another man that you guys had taught. And, and I just want to show some pictures here of their place. It was so impressive. It was neat. It was perfection. There was no weeds. In their maize field that was growing, there was three and four ears of corn on, on one stalk. Yeah, these, these guys were doing great. You see, the trouble is people think that Africa can't feed itself because, uh, you know, we'll make whatever excuses we need to, uh, climate change or, you know, politics and climate, and all these things are real things. But the, the problem is that we've been robbed of our dignity and the ability uh, to have dignity and purpose and joy in our work. Mm-hmm. So there are, you rightly said, you know, there's all these young men sitting around. Zimbabwe officially has 90% unemployment. The average age of people in Zimbabwe is 17. Wow. So we've got an incredible workforce just lying idle. We've got all this land that is not being fully utilized because no one wants to farm because there's no dignity in it. Wow. We've been robbed of the joy yes. and the purpose that we could have of just being shown a simple technology, a simple mechanism for each individual, for all these young guys to be able to become businessmen, zero barriers to entry. They can all wield a hoe right. if they just have the knowledge and they can go out there and begin and to farm. they don't farm. have to have a lot of capital to get started. That's right. It's good for people. It's good for planet. It's good for profit. And, you know, I might add, Matt, I think the average age of farmers everywhere on planet Earth, America, Africa, everywhere, is what, 67? That's right. That tells us that if some young people don't get interested in farming, we're all going to be in a world of hurt. Absolutely. Now, I started out by saying there was an answer to the World Food Program. The World Food Program, and you and I are work kind of working together on a program that we're calling Garden for Life, which is where it's a video-based training program that we can send anywhere in the world where we're teaching people how to grow their own food. Because I think Zimbabwe did a study after this year, and didn't they find that something like 65% of the people learn through some kind of media instead of a live person? So the FAO actually did the study before they gave us the award. As part of that sort of process, they did a findings um, survey across the country, and they said, you know, How did how did how did you train over two million people that implemented this and 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 fed nine million people and so their own independent study they found that sixty yeah. percent of those that implemented the training were trained remotely uh, wow. via via IT. So you have to look at if if we can teach people how to feed their family, 
for $50, or let's even say less than $100 a year for a family of six. Now, let's compare that to how much money is being spent. Oh, it's it's crazy. Like $40 billion or something is raised by all these non-government agencies to feed people around the world, and then they eat that meal, and it's gone. That's right. It's billions of dollars. And then here's the sad part. There's so much corruption that it's like 20, 25% of that money is stolen and pocketed by people. That's right. But, you know, you don't have to be a believer to understand the scripture that says, teach a man to fish, you know, and that's better than giving man a fish, teaching a man to fish. So whether you uh, are a Christian or not, you have to understand that teaching people how to care for themselves is better. And when I stood in a refugee camp in January 2020 and I saw the despair and the hopelessness and the lack of food because everybody was getting a cup of rice and a cup of beans per person to last a whole month, I stood there. I remember thinking, okay, people have got to be taught how to take matters into their own hands. You can't be dependent on somebody else to stay alive. You can't be dependent on somebody else to feed you. And out of that is kind of what has birthed this video-based program to teach people around the world because 91% of the world has cell phones. So we can get this content to people uh, around the world. That's right. Absolutely. And that's what needs to happen. We need to get that high quality training to, to get that implementation, to get that difference. But I think more than all of that, Sandra, or or maybe perhaps through this incredible uh, tool and this mechanism that we've discovered now uh, of, of, you know, remote training uh, is that spiritual aspect is the heart aspect and and that's that's where it's at. If we can if we can help people connect to this hope that is available, um, and and understand the message as well as the method. You know, this is this is much more than a simple technology. It is simple and it is easy to adapt and to adopt uh, this this way of farming. And you know, uh, five M's if you like: uh, minimal soil disturbance, maximum soil cover, multiple species, um, high management, and movement of livestock. Uh, that. That's fine. That's easy. That you know. That's just technology. We can learn that. Mm-hmm. But you can't just learn kind of overnight. It's the transformation of the heart, the motivation that transforms a, a, a net extractor into a steward, and a faithful steward is someone that that protects, that preserves, that is the manager of God's economy, and and that's what we're trying to trying to create because that's what we need to unlock. Africa's latent potential and the hidden mm-hmm. opportunity that lies before us to to unlock the demographic dividend of Africa, which is the youth, this incredible massive population that we have available to us that is hungry and uneducated and is just growing like a, like nothing else on earth. 1.5 billion children will be born in Africa in the next wow. 30 years. We already can't feed ourselves. We already don't have yeah. enough schools to educate the current population can you imagine what's wow. going to happen? I will say that with your Christ Center program, you're not only teaching people how to grow food, Matt, but this is saving families. Yeah. It's keeping families together, and it's helping heal fathers' hearts right. and mothers' hearts. And, you know, it's helping people overcome alcoholism and, and right. other things like that. I, I mentioned this video brace program, and I, I just want to tell people this is a very exciting little device it's called a light stream and it kind of works it's it's almost like a little hard drive because we can take all of this content on an sd card and we can put it in this and take it into a village and turn it on and then all these people can get this on their cell phone it's like becomes intranet so they don't have to pay for data they don't have to have wi-fi or anything it just it gives them the free content and then they can download it to their phone they can share it with others so Technology is really making us a way, making a way for us to reach the world. That's right. Brilliant. You are a Christ-centered ministry. 
And so you're not only teaching people how to grow food, you're, you're teaching people really how to manage the soil of their own life. That's right. And there's uh, usually people when they come to their classes, there's always salvations and baptisms and things like that. And how can people that want to know more about what you're doing find you and learn more about you? So log on to foundationsforfarming.org. That's foundations, F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, F-O-R-F-A-R-M-I-N-G.org. So basically we, we talk about four pillars, and we believe that these are the four pillars that any nation that is successful and sustainable and uh, you know does well has to have these four pillars. And so that's faith, family, farming, and finance. And that if we can get those four pillars, you know, a strong family is the foundation, it's the nuclear unit mm-hmm. that creates the stability and the order and the structure and the discipline that enables people to succeed and thrive in life. So uh, family is a big part of our training. We teach a, a whole module on family and we restore the broken relationships. So it's shalom leadership is restoring those broken relationships between man and man, mm-hmm. primarily between parents and children. There is this incredible attack by the enemy that has come against families and against the family unit, not only here in America, but throughout the world and so uh, kind of migrant workers and all those sorts of things that we experience Mm -hmm. in Zimbabwe where the father has been taken away from the family and so you find uh, mothers and a lot of widows with young children and grandmothers doing the work to feed the family with nine or more dependents Uh, and it's just a crazy situation so uh, we, we we try to restore those broken relationships in the family and then faith you can't do anything without without faith faith has been a massive part of my life and it's our yeah. motivation. And you're not just in Africa or Zimbabwe. No. You're all over Africa. Yes, ma'am. You actually have training stations in America. Yes. In Brazil. To where all do you have training stations? Uh, it's a long list there. But <laughs> it's all over. It's all over. I mean, world. India, Canada, yeah. America. So, so people Panama. need to understand this, the farming methods that you're talking about, we're using those all over the world. And, and I have a, a, a 10,000 square foot garden here myself where we feed people in the community. And we're using what we learned at Foundations for Farming. So this is not just an Africa thing. This is a worldwide thing. And one of the key benefits to farming your way is that you're saving the soil because yes. people can talk about global warming all they want, but soil soil runoff yes. uh, is the biggest problem we have on planet Earth. That's right. And I think, Matt, we talked about studies show that there's so much um, – Soil, uh, so much soil erosion that, that it's estimated that four and a half pickup truckloads of soil is eroded every year per person. So that's what? There's 8 billion people on the planet? <gasps> that's like 40 billion truckloads of soil erodes away off the planet every year. And what that's going to do is that's going to create a problem for people all over the world to grow food. Absolutely. They're estimating here in America, like in another 20 years, if something doesn't happen to stop the soil erosion, we're going to have a hard time growing food. That's right. And and it simply comes by part of this regenerative farming is no-till. That's right. That's right. Instead of disturbing the soil. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's, it's very simple. There's a soil structure. And as soon as you plow, as soon as you pulverize the soil and you, you break the structure of soil, you, you destroy the aggregates. You, you break them down to, into a fine tilth that farmers are after. But actually, it's, you, you create a powder. And if you've ever poured water onto powder, it's impervious. It, it actually creates a layer that, that is impermeable. The water cannot sink down. And so it sits on the top. But also that powder erodes, it just washes away very yes. easily. And so that's where all of our erosion problems start. And then once you get a little gully, uh, it just it, you know, it just grows from there. So it's a massive 
issue and it's poor farming practices. So that's why we talk about maximum soil cover and mulch and, and minimal soil. And that's also why we need so much fertilizer because the soil is becoming anemic. That's right. And pile the fertilizer on there. Exactly. Once you plow like that, you destroy the natural fertility of the soil by killing the microbes and the natural yeah. life of the soil. Um, that, in a very simplistic sort of a way, imagine there are anaerobic guys that live underground. They yeah. don't like oxygen. They don't like sunlight. Right. They do their magic down there in the dark. And when you come in with a plow, you expose right. them to sunlight and to oxygen, and and so they die. And there's you know. Then you've got other guys that live on the surface that they like oxygen and they like sunlight, but they do their work and they go up and down like this and right. they create channels for infiltration of the rainfall and all of that. But same thing, you, when you plow, you invert, you yeah. bury those guys, you cut off their oxygen supply, you cut off their sunlight, and they die. Yeah. So you are left with a sterile medium. That's a very simplistic way of thinking about it, but I think it helps. Yeah. Then you realize that then you have to add synthetic right. fertilizers because you've killed the natural fertility of it. Right. And it's, that's just and a that's disaster. And that's why more and more people are waking up to this and regenerative farming practices are getting more and more popular. And I will say that farmers have not done this on purpose. <clears throat> this is just what people have been taught to do out of, you know, not having right. the knowledge. And as we're learning the knowledge, yeah. that's why all this talk about saving the soil and regenerative farming practices are yeah. coming into being. So anyway, yeah. uh, well, Matt, I'm really thankful you stopped by to have Thanks. a chat with us. I know you got to catch a plane. Yes, ma'am. So anyway. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes. Garden for Life program that we're working on is a groundbreaking, wonderful answer to teaching the world how to grow their own food. It's a great program that's actually teaching a man to fish. Instead of spending so much money just feeding people a meal, we need to teach them how to be self-sufficient, not only so they don't go hungry, but because it restores dignity and purpose to a life. It's an awesome program. I haven't been this excited about a program I've worked on in a very, very long time. I would welcome your partnership. It is taking money for us to get around the world and get these programs done. If you would like to be a part of helping teach the world how to grow their own food, we would welcome your partnership. HeartstoneNetwork.com slash donate. And we will keep you updated on what is happening around the world. We already have 100 gardens that have been implemented in a refugee camp in northern Uganda. So I know this works. I've seen it work. So blessings to you. Thanks for joining us today. And I will look forward to seeing you next time on the Sondra Hearthstone Show.